This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. How's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> Hi, my name is Javier Bardem, and I feel scared about being Conan O'Brien's friend. You should be scared. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Joined today, as I always am, by the lovely and talented Matt Song Corley. Obsession. What? <laughs> What'd you say? Nothing. No, no, no. I said talented. Oh, yeah. Um, let's try it again. Yeah. I got yeah. off to the wrong start. Here we I go. Know. Talented is not what I would use to describe myself. Here we go. Hey there, welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, uh, one of the best podcasts that we've ever made. Uh, joined by Sonam Obsession. How are you, Sona? Good. This is, you know, the best podcast I've ever been in. Yeah. 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 Good. We've won several prestigious awards, you know. Have we? I think so. Have we? We have, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's cool. This is important to know. That's good. Yeah. Congrats. I don't know. I, I haven't seen the actual statues. Uh, I haven't either. Yeah. I don't, I think it was a prank. Mm. And uh, also joined uh, by Matt Gorley. How are you, Matt? I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Oh. What is that? What, why, do I not look well? Well, usually by now you've insulted me, so. Oh, was... I don't insult you a lot. That's a bit, you know that. Mm. I'm a really good guy to you in our off-mic time. All the times I've taken you out fishing. What off-mic time, Dad? Taking <laughs> <laughs> you fishing. And the cats in the, the cradle, cradle and the silver spoon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. And, uh, you know, I want to bring up something. Mm. Sona sent me this terrifying video the other day, absolutely terrifying of the moment that her life changed for the worse. Oh shit. She sent me a video and I guess your, your twins, uh, Mikey and Charlie, uh, they're in side-by-side -side cribs 
you have always uh, put them to bed at night and then you wake up in the morning and they're right there in side-by-side <gasps> cribs and you woke up one morning and they were both in the same crib and you went and you checked the night camera. Yeah. And you sent me this video and it's Charlie and you can see it's 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 when a, in like a Planet of the Apes movie <laughs> where... The ape, the ape learns how to make fire. <laughs> yeah. Or the ape learns how to log on to a computer. Yeah, yeah, 2001. You can see this moment where Charlie's probably as he has for months now, he's kind of struggling and he's kind of struggling. And then he kind of, he's almost there and then he gets up, he's pulling himself up and he gets kind of to the top. And then you see he has this look in his eye and he just dives on his brother and you hear, <laughs> <laughs> and they both start shrieking <laughs> and pounding each other. And you realize your life is over. It's over. Was Mikey asleep? No, Mikey was awake. He was like basically cheering his brother on. Yeah. Then when Charlie did it, Mikey's like, oh shit, we can do this. So now they're both climbing not just into each other's cribs. They're just climbing out of their cribs. How do they get out the other side without falling? They do fall. They don't care. They're yeah. just looking for freedom. Then by the oh end of the night, God. it's much later on, you see them mixing various powders to create TNT. <laughs> you can see that they figured out the, ro the like, we got to have some sulfur. Tumbling <laughs> out with a spoon. Yeah, and they're, they're figuring out, no, that's too much. This is just the right amount. And by the end, they're oh putting it God. into a brass cylinder. Yeah. And they fire off a howitzer. <laughs> no, but I mean, they're, you're screwed. Because they're evolving. They're evolving yeah. very quickly. I know. I know. I'm screwed. And now they like in the morning, they'll just jump out of their crib. They know how to open the doors. They'll like run into our room. Do you ever room. hear the car start? <laughs> <laughs> you're lying in bed thinking, well, they're probably going to watch cartoons. <laughs> into reverse. Peels oh out, your credit God. card's missing. Oh no, it's only a matter of time. It's awful. I'm I don't know so what scared. to do. People are like, you could put a canopy over the crib, but then I just feel like no, they're in a don't, cage. Don't fight it. Don't fight it. No, I'm just Or maybe you're onto something. Cage them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, feral. No, you know, it's funny because we have uh we have dogs and cats, but we have one dog that's just hyper and he likes it. We learned a long time ago. He would rather it at night sleep in a crate. He just kind of prefers it. So we'd put him in this crate. And this is you you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, our dog. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. My, Sorry. So um, we uh, we put him in this crate and then he figured out recently because he wakes up at five and he wants to, he wants to party down. <laughs> And it is a really complicated system of like a latch that's very complicated. I have trouble working it. Mm. It's, and I'm always like, oh, I think I, okay, I, there, I've, I think I've unlocked it correctly. Now I've locked it correctly. He figured out recently how to unlock the cage. Oh my and God. so at five in the morning, he'll pound on the door with his head and then push the door open. <laughs> And come in, and he's like, "What are we doing? Wow, what's the plan?" It's crazy. He waits till five. Yeah, he he. It's always five or five thirty. And um, I'm saying now we have to weld it shut every night <laughs> because I think if we we thought about using like garbage ties, but I think he would. You just see paws untying them. Yeah. And then he'd probably know where he could return them or recycle them. If people want to escape, they're just going to escape. 
I mean, we had a hamster that escaped for like two weeks and it was somewhere in our house and we couldn't find him for two weeks. Did you, he, was he dead when you no, did? No, we found him. He was just living his life what? outside of his cage. Wait a minute. How did he live all that time? He was eating just random shit that he would find. Did you notice that he had his own uh, profile on your television? <laughs> <laughs> his <laughs> own I mean, Netflix on, account. He had his own Netflix account and it just, it, it had a little emoji of a, of a hamster. <laughs> Who's watching these romances? These Who's watching? He's just human <laughs> romance. He's, yeah, he's watching human romance. He's just, who's watching all these Bridgertons? Uh, all the Fifty Shades yeah, movies. And all the Fifty Shades movies, and your hamster's just up at night. He watch. keeps pulling out. Yeah. <laughs> he put beads in her ass. Come on. Me 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 me. Oh, Minnie would never. What are you talking about? It's a highly erotic scene for hamsters. In fact. Some people think a hamster can go up there. It's quite pleasurable. Come on! I'm going to tell you a true story. I'll tell you what you're Mrs. I'm going to tell you Eiffel Tower. I'm going to tell you a true story. Mrs. Eiffel Tower. What the fuck? Yeah, you've said more. You've described more hideous sexual positions than anyone Uh, in the history of podcasts. Okay. Oh, it's the it's the pirate, the angry pirate, the angry pirate. Okay, listen. Sorry, we can't. I have to get this out. You did that. I have to get this out really quickly, which is. Because uh, we brought up, I, I brought up a hamster maybe as a sexual uh, <laughs> deviant <laughs> act, <laughs> an act of sexual deviance. Anyway, okay. You know, there was that rumor about Richard Gere. Yeah, sure. From years and years ago that Richard Gere enjoyed having a hamster uh, placed uh, in his bottom. A and gerbil. It, a gerbil. A, oh, it was yeah. a gerbil. Yeah, it was yeah. a gerbil. There's Sorry. a big difference. Is, Is there? there? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> hey, guess what? Just kidding. I'm telling you, they feel the same to me. <laughs> um, but but anyway, there was this rumor that you know that that okay, Richard Gere had, had done that, and then flash forward to it's 1993, I think, and I'm doing my late night show, and it's it's those early days when it was really kooky, and it's always off the rails every night, and we might get canceled any second. And the guest that night was Mickey Rooney, who was, as we all know, the biggest movie star in 1940. <laughs> and uh, he, now at this point, he's like 85 years old, and he's pretty kooky and yeah. out there. And he's come on, and he's Mickey Rooney, and he's telling stories about 1940. I was the biggest star in the world. And he's talking, he's telling all these old show business anecdotes, and. He's there, and then at one point, he starts talking about a movie he had just seen. I forget which one it was, if it was Chicago or something, and he went, and it has that actor in it. What's his name? He was in, and we're trying to figure out, Andy and I are there, and this is actual, footage exists of this somewhere, but Andy and I are trying to help him figure out what the, who the actor is, and he went, it was this, God, it was this actor, and we were kind of honing in on who it might be, but we hadn't said yet, and we went, really, well, was it, was it? And all of a sudden, Mickey Rooney says, Ah, yes, there was talk of gerbils. (laughs) And the whole crowd gasped. And I like put my head on the desk and Andy Richter loses it. There was talk of gerbils. And I swear to God, every now and then I wake up in the middle of the night and I just think, there was talk of gerbils. He says it in such a creepy, like, they say the headless horseman was never found again. But he's talking about gerbils going up Richard Gere's ass. Who was that actor? Who was he? I don't know. I don't know who it was. I'm trying to think, Mr. Rooney. Wait a minute. 
There was talk of gerbils. Guess what? This is going to be the new catechai. Oh, that's why you want people to yell at you on the street? When I walk around anywhere in the world, in the world, I mean, this happened to me in, in Thailand recently. People yell, catechai! Well, guess what? We're switching it up. Oh. Yes. There was talk of gerbils. <laughs> You've heard it here. That's you the new phrase. Katakai is no longer active. Uh, you yeah. get no benefits from that. Yeah. Only there was talk of gerbils. Uh, talk of gerbils. <laughs> Let's move on to a very esteemed guest. Oh, no. Yeah. He deserves better. He deser oh, deserves so much better. Villain. Yeah. Uh, oh, my God. My guest today is an Academy Award winning actor. So excited. <laughs> There was talk of gerbils. I love how we drag everyone down into the mud with us. Yeah. My guest today is an Academy Award winning actor who has started his films as No Country for Old Men, Skyfall, and Vicky Christina Barcelona. Now you can see him in Disney's live action remake of The Little Mermaid in theaters, May 26. I am absolutely thrilled he's here today. Javier Bardem, welcome. It is, uh, it is great, maybe the greatest honor of your life. I haven't done any research. Mm. I don't know if you've won any awards of any kind. Mm. I've heard talk of, of an Oscar, but who knows? Those things who can't cares? be verified. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> this is the true honor of your life. No, no, listen. Everything has led me to come here today. <laughs> I worked hard for years, for ages, to be in front of you, man, because I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's great? Uh. This man, uh, you would come on the, the late night show many times over the years. You came on several times and you were always so funny because you just spoke from the heart. And it was so fantastic because you would look at me and you'd go, hey man, your hair, you look like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole crowd would go crazy because they're like, yes, Javier, get him, get him. He was like, what is this? What are you doing, man? What are you doing? It was fantastic. I would laugh so hard yeah. that on the way to the podcast studio today, thinking about seeing Javier again, I was laughing, yeah. thinking about it. Oh, that's good. It. Yeah. The only thing that I would ask for in any promotion is I want to go and see Conan O'Brien. <laughs> that's oh. the only thing. That's, that's, that's so the nice. That so, is so nice. Here I am today. I'm so glad. I'm so your, honored. Your dream, uh, your dream has come true, and uh, congratulations. Thank congratulations. you so much. I, know this I is hope it's really up, up there as I imagine. Well, this is a problem now. <laughs> I, have, I used to have this problem with women. They would imagine that, you know, the word was out that I was a great lover. Oh. And when, did, of course, when, when did that get out? Yeah. Well, I kept putting it out there. Okay, I figured. And then, of course, uh, there was always disappointment and crying. Oh. I was crying often. <laughs> but you're here now. It is so great to have you here. And we have to get a few things out of the way because um, we have some major insane fans in the room. Uh, my friend here, Matt, and I'm going to bring this up right now, is uh, obsessed with James Bond movies. All right. And, and I agree with him, he maintains, and I will back him up on this, we both believe that you may be, if not the best, one of the not greatest. even, I don't think there's even a question, frankly. Best I, Bond villain. Yeah. Oh, wow. Best Bond villain, and your performance in Skyfall was so freaking insanely good and I had all this mixture of qualities where there were times where I really, you sucked me in and then I felt sorry for you, but then I hated you. And it was, it just kept swirling around. What about you, Matt? You Well, even just now when you said that everything led up to this moment is yes. very much like what Silva says for James Bond. James Bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, frankly, I almost fainted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but because, yeah. because Conan is the most similar thing to James Bond. <laughs> you gotta, I mean... 
I'm wearing a sacre, right? Yes. And, uh, and then I'm very pale. I'm going to open your. <laughs> I'm going to open your shirt very soon and start carrying your purchase. Oh, yes. oh, oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! I did that to Daniel Craig. Can you believe? Yeah. Yes. I am the man who was touching Daniel Craig's breast. Yes. Like this close, ah, he was the I, man I that had so you much. touch his breast. That's yes. the way it goes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, does he? There. It's funny. Uh, you always wonder how planned out was a moment like that because it's such you haven't seen that happen with James Bond, no. and it's this move. It, it's this move that's crossing all kinds of lines. It's so shocking, and I think is that the kind of thing that's discussed beforehand, or can you just go for it with well, Daniel Craig? And, it, it was written. But till the moment we got on set and we started to put it on 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 our feet, uh, it was not. We didn't know how to achieve that moment, so we just. And Sam Mendes loved rehearsal, but he said, "You know what? We're gonna shoot it. Let's see how it goes." <laughs> and Daniel is the best partner ever. He was having a blast. Like he really wanted to to go as far as we could, as far as the studio will let us go. Uh, and uh, and I think the chemistry was there because uh, we liked being with each other and playing with each other. And uh, but uh, I, I think Sam Mendes was the the heart of the and the heart and soul of the whole thing. He really wanted to create this profile of a villain that you can relate to, and it's yeah. more is more reliable than. Also, I thought that your relationship with Judy Dench, mm, you know. Yeah as that's mom and and trying to relate to James Bond that we all do this for, you know, the queen is mom and this is mom. And right. and so there's that element to it also. And I thought it's the most emotionally complex relationship with a Bond villain and showed you what these movies can do, mm -hmm. what they can be. It, because we we grew, when I was a kid, I grew up and it was just, you know, you must die, Mr. Bond and, <laughs> and petting the kitten and you, it's a caricature, it's fun, but- you never thought of these kinds of moments. Yeah. Absolutely. And that little walk you do from your monologue intro, is it true that they built that set basically the length of your walk so you could time that out? Well, I, when I when I got there, the set was built. Okay. So that's not a lie. That's a lie. Okay. I have to I have to walk. <laughs> I just no. want you to know I'm a huge liar. Okay. <laughs> that's why you are in this program, yeah. in this podcast. Every day he says, Conan, I really admire you. <laughs> you're so funny. And you're good looking too. Why aren't you in film? He says that all the time. Yeah. No, the thing is, it's true that I didn't I never rehearse on on the set, but once I was there and I saw how far Daniel Craig was sitting down on a chair, it's like, man, how am I gonna do this? And I'm gonna tell you, we did it like seven times and he was not there. So Sam and I, we look at each other and we said, this is not, we haven't done it. So, and he said, you know what? Let's play the scene. And at the end, if there's some time, we'll go back to it. We play most of the scene, most of my side of the scene. And then in the last 20 minutes, he said, are you ready? I think we can make one of those more. Yeah, let's do it. He put the camera and I did it. And that's the one it's in the movie because my body was more relaxed. Yes. It was more... It was more at ease yeah. uh, when the first thing in the morning to do that for me was a little bit of a shock. And and it's funny because Daniel, the camera was on his shoulder 
and he was like rooting for me <laughs> because he was seeing me how I was coming to the mark, the end mark, yeah. and I was making it happen. Yeah. And he was like, yes, yes, yes. And at times you you're taking see. these little baby steps to make it time yeah. out, but it works for the character. This yeah. kind of like yeah. almost a little boot scoot and boogie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now you can see uh, it sometimes, if you look really closely, Daniel Craig starts to high five you. <laughs> He puts and, up a little finish line. Yeah, and they had to they had to cut around it, and it's that that got a little awkward. And um and not to just totally fan geek out, but in addition to that movie, one of my alt I I'm idolized the Coen Brothers, and then I think my favorite of all their movies. If I had to, if they said, okay, you get to pick one, I would say No Country for Old Men. And as as great as that cast was, I know you came on the show to promote it and uh, had the nerve to show a clip of Anton Chigurh. And then minutes after showing that clip, turned to me and told me that my hair looked stupid. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, you're, you're an assassin who's, who looks like Dorothy Hamill on skates, you know? <laughs> but uh, but it, was such a, it was such an amazing moment for me because... You still, ha I still had the more ridiculous hair than Anton Chigurh. Exactly. But I, that, that is one of those movies that anytime, um, if I if I come upon it, and it's ten minutes in, or if I come upon it and it's forty minutes mm. in, I am watching it. I am I am watching it and I've seen it so many times. But I always pray that I get to see the scene of you and the old man at the gas station mm. because it is. To me, uh, just a brilliant example, you know, in uh, clearly there's there's violence in every movie we've mentioned, but such a clear example of one of the most tense scenes mm. I've ever watched. And the tension is building and it's unbearable between you and this gas station attendant. Mm. Nobody shows a weapon. There is no violence in the scene. And when it's over, you're, I'm just, my heart's beating. Mm -hmm. And I, I, this man has just narrowly missed death, but he doesn't, he knows it, you know it, but no one ever said that. Absolutely. And I think to me, that shows that the beauty of, there's so many movies every now and then that come along and show you that violence implied is often scarier mm -hmm. than violence that's actually happening. Absolutely. And I, I just, I revere that movie, that scene, your performance, yes. and it's been, so many years now, and you've done so much other great work, but I always come back to that and, uh, and, and think that's a very unusual performance, a very unusual role and a very yes. unusual, I mean, and, and your acting was just absolutely stunning. Thank you very much. And I would say is one of those things that uh, many beautiful accidents happen together at the same time, in the same moment, great writing, great directing, amazing actor, uh, who was playing the the man in the gas station? Mm -hmm. He plays fear so well. Yeah, I don't do anything. He just he does the heavy lifting. He plays the unpredictable and the fear of being uh, killed or not knowing what's going to happen so well that I just have to be cool and just do my job with the coin. And you and, and also and, and you're eating yeah, the you peanuts. Have, you have these little 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 nuts yeah, 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 yeah. and you're chewing and every time um it's just a dialogue back and forth and then he says you know uh, he says well the you know this, my my wife's parents had this and he said oh, so you married into it and yeah. he went well i don't know if i put it that way how else would you put it yeah. and it's just it keeps ratcheting it up and it's small talk it's small talk exactly. but it also means so much more and absolutely uh, and, I, and we shot it we shot it in 30 minutes Oh, uh, oh it was 
it was the end of the day. For me, it was the scene where I had to speak the most. The, the rest, I was just killing people. <laughs> and, uh, and I couldn't. And if my English is bad now, back in 2006, which is where the movie happened, it was inexistent. I mean, in, uh, for me, it was impossible to say a word in English. And I have this five pages long scene. So I work on it for months. And the day came, and he's like, okay, let's do the, the, the scene 37. 37? But we have only 30 minutes, one hour. But we'll make it. Oh, my God. And I, I, it's, not, it's not that I feel rush or anything, but it was like, it happened. Boom. Mm -hmm. One take, two takes, done. Uh, oh because everybody was really focused, doing their job, and there's not, there was nothing else to do than focus on what we had to do, do it exactly the way it was written, and just, and off we go. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Okay. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, beat. I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. <laughs> well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take Sorry. it. Just take it down. I notch. didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. Uh, so I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. Way. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loudspeaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, yeah. find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the Jitterbug and the Watusi. Okay. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone <laughs> cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's <laughs> happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. 
undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. (laughs) That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. You know, I've been thinking about your career, how your mother uh, was a very famous uh, actress, activist, Mm -hmm. and you came from a long line in Spain of actors. And some people say, well, it's in... It's uh, maybe it sounds like a cliche to say it's in your blood, but it must be in your blood. Yeah, this this desire to do it and do it correctly. Absolutely. And you were very interested in art as a as a child. Mm-hmm. You were entertained. I mean, were you not educated as uh, to sort of to be an artist in some way? Well, I, I guess I was born into it, <laughs> and uh, I saw my mom and my uncle was a director. My my mom was an actress. My grandparents were actors. So everybody was working in the thing and. But I saw the I saw more the downs than the ups. Yeah, uh, there was a lot of unemployment. There was a lot of struggle in trying to make some money. Mm-hmm. But I also saw that this, the decency, the honesty that the job will bring to them, and and what they will bring to their job, and how much passionate they were about uh, about their craft. Yeah, and and the respect they have for not only the job but also the people that is in the job and makes the job with them. So I liked that very much. I, I felt that was a nice way to to go. And uh, and once I decided to become an actor, I knew that I have to really be responsible for the surname, but them that belongs to many generations. And that's why I always try to uh, do my best, as everybody. You never thought to yourself, "I'll make 
movies internationally or I'll make mm-hmm. movies in the United States. You you thought uh, I might, or I've read anyway, that you thought this might be, I might just work in my whole life in Spain Absolutely. as an actor and yeah. that would be fine. And not only that, I, I thought I, I, may be, I may not be able to make a living out of this, but I don't know what to do else. I don't know what else to do. I mean, I'm not, I'm very clumsy. I don't know, I don't know anything. (laughs) You know what? Many of the actors I know and actresses are very like me. Like they only know how to perform. They don't know to do anything else. And that's fine. If you know at least to do one thing in your life and you are lucky enough to make a living out of that, you are blessed. And I guess I bet on that. And I bet on that. And I've always seen my steps like uh, as you were saying with Silva in the Skyfall like little steps like mm-hmm. I never imagined or thought of myself going to anything big or achieving this or that it's like what if I make this job and I and it's good enough for them to call me again and that's still what I think of when I make a, a movie or I make something is like okay is that really bad is that bad enough for them not to call me <laughs> <laughs> or, or can I keep on going? And, and and that's something that I guess I got from my family because everybody was waiting for the phone to ring. And I guess I have that fear still, like uh, it's not going to ring anymore. But uh, that's fine because that gives me... The drive. The, yeah, the nerve and the drive, yeah. You had this drive. Did you ever think to yourself, how do I make this jump or did they come to you? Were you recognized and people said, okay, we have to get Javier Bardem and that's how it how it happened? No, I... I, I it's funny. It's, it's 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 one accident after the other. I mean, my two biggest movies that really opened the market to me in Spain and out of Spain were accidental. One, the one Hamon Hamon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was accompanying my sister to make an audition, and I was sitting down near near her, and then they asked me, "Do you want to come in and do an audition?" I said, "No, I don't want to." Yeah, come in. Okay, and they gave me the job. <laughs> Oh and, and 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 before night falls, wasn't the part your sister wanted. I hope. <laughs> Put on this wig. Yeah. Same with the Bond another, villain. Another wig. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> your sister was this close to being Silva, and then you had to go to the audition with her. <laughs> and the other one before night falls with Julian Snabel, I met him in right. a party in New York, and he said, "You, would you like to make a movie in English?" And he's like, "No, I, I don't want to. I don't speak English." So well. Why don't you try read this and and I was going to play this little role and I said okay I'll try to I'll, I'll play that as a as an experiment but then the person who was going to play the lead fell apart from the project and he told me will you do it no I don't I don't want to do it yeah you are doing it you have a month I said oh, fuck okay I'll try and then I did it but I ne- I never expected that anybody would watch that movie yeah. and it happened that I was nominated for an Oscar for it which is weird because I thought nobody's going to watch it. Who cares? I'm just going to see if I can play in English. So, I, and, and, but don't you and think all that, the movies that I thought this is a masterpiece? Yeah, they were like buried. That happens. <laughs> that happens again and again and again in this business. It's Absolutely. never the thing you think. Absolutely. You think, okay, this is it, and it's not. And sometimes I, I try and encourage people because there have been times in my life where the thing that I thought was going to really make me early on when I was younger didn't happen. And then I could see later on 
if that thing had happened, right. the thing I was meant to do wouldn't have happened. It all gets very mystical, but I believe in it. Absolutely. I believe there's something to right. it. You Absolutely. should try podcasting in Spanish. Es importante que nosotros. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> you are a graduate of Madrid's uh, Escuela de Artes uh, y. Uh, Oficios. Oficios, sí. Yes. Pero, uh, Eduardo. Uh, I, I, take it, I take it back. But don't cut to Eduardo. Yeah, uh, Eduardo. Uh, don't say it. Hablo, hablo. I just about ran out. Um, <laughs> just ask Eduardo. Eduardo. I just have to keep saying Eduardo to fill it out. Eduardo. <laughs> I think the word is ayúdame. Ayúdame, por favor. Claro, claro. Claro que sí, sí. But um, when you talk about not speaking English, you know, so many people in the United States were so... Don't speak American, English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know they, they, really, they, they actually really don't. <laughs> They really don't. They some, of them were presidents. Yeah. some of them were presidents. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny. Um, we almost forget. I mean, because we are so self-absorbed and we think, well, we all speak English and, and it must be nothing to speak English. And of course, it's a very, it's not an easy language. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah. then when, you're, when this is your craft and you have to learn to adapt to this other language, I was told that you, there's a particular rock band that helped you learn yes. English. ACDC. Oh. Yeah, all the curves, all the bad words, all the things I learned from ACDC. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm still learning. I'm still learning. So it's so, so, so just certain ACDC songs and you thought this I can, which is, I, I can like, I can plug into this and this will help me like learn. There's a song called If You Want Blood, You've Got It, High Voltage, oh, Let yeah. There Be Rock. And those were the first songs. And you have to understand that uh, I'm 54. I will have... Uh, tapes i will open the tape we'll get the lyrics and the lyrics were in spanish they weren't translated so for me it was like what is he saying because they are not they are not singing in spanish what are they and i, I was trying to make sense of the word in spanish and what i was hearing and then i will go to a dictionary and then because of that i will learn that word on top of that word below so that's that ACDC made me learn English oh because God. I want to, to learn the lyrics. You know, it's so funny because I've watched your very earliest performances <laughs> and you come on stage, you're like, she's got a fast machine, she's got a water. <laughs> you're way up there. You're shrieking. You're supposed to be saying, I love you and very tenderly or we must escape before the guards come. We must escape before the guards come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like you're beating, like Javier, you're could you up. please just, the words are right, but could you take it down a little bit? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> All right. I love those guys. I yeah, it's so guys. funny because, uh, you know, in just traveling around the world and doing travel shows. Uh, I've seen them pe all. People come up to me and they say, um, I've learned English by watching your shows, and I think that's oh, a terrible no. mistake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is funny how pop yeah. culture, uh, you know, how pop culture is so important to people that it's often the bridge. It's not that they want to read this Dickens book, right, right? You know, in the original, it's that they really want to watch that soap opera, or they want to watch that TV show, or that music video, or Absolutely. sing that song. Absolutely, and, and that's the the bridge for them to jump into something else and deeper and deeper, and and that's that's why it's so important to watch in Spain the original versions, the movies in their original version, because we dub almost everything, mm -hmm. and that's such a big big mistake. And uh, thanks to the platforms now, 
the youth, the new generation speak way better English, more English than I used to speak when I was 20, because now they see the things on the original version. But in Spain, uh, it's impossible to find uh, one movie in the original version. There are only one, two, three, four movie theaters all in, in all Spain, maybe, maybe two in Madrid, two in Barcelona. And, the, and that's, that's such a big mistake because, uh, first of all, we are giving, we are giving our, our, uh, our language for, for those movies. And, and, and at the same time, we are not helping the audience to understand what they are watching since uh, you can't dub Marlon Brando, you can't dub Robert De Niro. You have to see it in the original. You can't dub John Malkovich. You have to right, see. You right. have to hear those voices. It's part of the. It's part of their of their uh, um, richness. No, mm-hmm. I I find that now in this age of streaming, I can. There's so many great foreign TV shows, movies. Hmm. I prefer. I like the subtitles because I like to hear the language. Absolutely. And um, I think. Uh, sp- Spanish is such a beautiful language and I just love to hear it mm. spoken. Mm-hmm. I love to hear it spoken. And the same is true with, uh, I was just taping a travel uh, special in Bangkok and I turned on the TV and there was one station for some reason that was broadcasting the news in French and I was watching it and I just was like watching it for a while mm-hmm. and I couldn't understand what was happening, but the language is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I find that just being exposed to these different languages, it's mu- some of them are music. And of course, Absolutely. some languages are not music. Um, <laughs> German is yeah. not music. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I wouldn't want to watch, uh, you know, there's so many great films that I would want to see if they're in Spanish. I want to I hear them in Spanish. Exactly. And of course, I need the guide to help me understand what's of happening. Course. But but that's, it's, uh, I don't know, I, I'm always struggling to because when I say that those things in uh, in Spain or in Europe, they they go, hey, wait, wait, and it's true that the dabbers in Spain they are some of the best in the world, and I'm not against that. They have to make a job, and that, that's why I don't dub my own movies. It's like when I do a movie like Little Mermaid, it's in English. Okay, the the version in Spanish is going to be dubbed by somebody else. I'm not dubbing it, so everybody wins. The audience wins. Mm-hmm. I win because I stay home and I don't do the, the hard job. And the dubber wins because he has he, he gets a job. Everybody wins. But what if you hear the dubbing and you really don't like the voice? I I, I, I try to avoid to hear it because it's hard for me to see myself with another voice. I'm telling you this for a reason. They asked me to dub you in Spanish. Oh, no. I knew it. I knew and it. And apparently advanced reviews are just brutal. It's just you going, Eduardo. Eduardo? Why is King Triton... He, no, he's supposed to be talking to Ariel and giving her advice. Uh, si, uh, pero Eduardo, Eduardo. Ayúdame, es importante que nosotros uh, vamos al teatro. What? <laughs> and all the kids like crying. <laughs> Why is Javier Bardem sound like that? <laughs> he sounds terrible. Uh, who have been the people that you've met when you uh, achieved this level where you go into these premieres, you're going to these places and there's an actor that you idolized and they look at you and they're excited to see you when they come over. Do you have, is there anyone who pops for you where you think, oh my God. Well, I have Conan O'Brien. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, that was uh, a big moment for you, That was a big moment for me and it's always (laughs) a big moment. uh, Okay, that's the peak, but what's near the peak? That's near the God's stuff. 
Now talking about humans, I will say Al Pacino. Yes, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. So Al Pacino sent me a. a, a fo- he, he called me after watching Before Night Falls, but it was two o'clock in the morning in Spain, and it was a time where there was a, a tape, a, a, an answering machine with tape. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. So I was sleeping. I was like, <gasps> "Who's calling?" And then, <laughs> and, "Hi, hi, Javier. It's Al, it's Al Pacino." Yeah. <laughs> And they were like, and I couldn't get the phone. Like Al Pacino is calling my home. I saw the movie. I liked it a lot. And congratulations. I was like, and then I went and I play and I play it again and I play it again. And I have the tape. I have the tape. Yeah. So the first day I met him in Toronto Film Festival, I went to the to the to the toilet and I took a picture with a camera, no phones at the time of my, my face in the mirror because my face was like, I'm going to meet Al Pacino. And the good thing about it all is that he's such a wonderful man. Yes, yeah. So when you meet someone that you admire so much, you go, and he's even better uh, than you would imagine. Yeah, he, uh, my first encounter with him because I, you know, grew up on the Godfather movies and then Serpico and it just, you know, Dog Day Afternoon and it just, I mean, he's he is such a, above a star to me he's something else and so i was working on an award show uh in here in in the states and i think i was in la and i did my thing and went all right and then i go backstage and it's between it's in a commercial break so i go backstage and suddenly they're bringing all this scenery through they say clear the way clear the way so i get pushed into this little room literally pushed into a little room to make way for these guys to come through and I look around and it's just a, a room with me, a tiny room, like the size of a phone booth. And it's me and Al Pacino. <laughs> and I'm stumbstruck and he goes, Conor O'Brien. <laughs> and liquid shit just comes out of, oh, God. I urinated it, oh, I defecated. I mean, just, that was awful. Like it came out of every pore. Conor O'Brien. And I went, Mr. Pacino, you have no idea. And I just tell him how much he makes me news. Like, and then he puts it back on me and he's like, no. You, a tightrope every night, a new script. You gotta wing it, madness. You know, and he's just going on about how, oh, sure, I've done The Godfather, but I saw you with Al Roker, you know? But I thought, this is, no, sir, no, sir. And it just blew my mind. And then every now and then I'll be in New York in a restaurant, and it just happened recently where I hear, Conan! <laughs> and it's and he's there in the corner in a restaurant, oh, and wow. uh, and I get to have these little conversations with him. And I, what I found is in the last one, I'm so self conscious about taking up his time uh-huh. that I'll have a few back and forth with things with him. The other, and then I'll say like, "Well, uh, you know, have a great meal, and so nice to see you." And I run away, and then he apparently because I, I ran to this woman who was at the table a couple of days later, coincidentally at this other event, and she said, "I was like, why did he run away?" <laughs> <laughs> I ran away because I'm scared. Aww. You're Al Pacino. I don't want to waste. He fled. He flew. Why did he go? But uh, yeah, that would be one, I would think. That would yeah. be one, yeah. yes. He's, yes, a, yes, he's yes. just a guy that, uh, and I read somewhere, and this is something that I completely agree with because I'm on record as saying this uh, a long time ago, but you were starstruck and had a bit of a man crush on Brad Pitt. Oh, Yeah. Who doesn't? And I mean, thank you. Of course. Because there are many times where women have said to me about men, don't you think he's attractive? And I'm like, I just, I, I don't know. I don't, you know, it doesn't. But Brad Pitt, I think, mm-hmm. damn. Yeah. I'd sleep with that guy. <laughs> of course. I don't even know how it works, but I would I'd do as I was told. That's Brad Pitt. I'd have someone explain to me what my role is in this. 
Am I up top? Am I down below? Am I against the... I don't care. It doesn't matter. Somebody told me. I'll just do it. Just do it. Do it. Draw a series of drawings. A diagram. But I mean, it really is like he's so charismatic and good looking. And I don't know. Exactly. I agree with that. So maybe the three of us, we have something... Something to do. Well, listen, you're the, you're the one that has the the pull here. Yeah. The call has to come from you, Javier. And then when she says, like, you know what, I really love you, Javier. And yes, you and I should uh, get together. That's when you have to say, no. there's one person I want to bring along. And Brad's probably like, oh well, it's you know, I don't know. I guess it's another it's a huge, yeah, you know, it's a it's Tom Cruise or it's Ben Affleck. I'm like, no, no. Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Oh, oh God! It's All happening! Right. It's happening! Oh. It's happening! It's happening! He doesn't happening know it now. yet, but it's happening! Oh, oh boy! When does this? When does this come out? Does this come out soon? Uh, this comes out on Brad Pitt threesome day, which is <laughs> this wow. coming oh. Monday. Yeah, guys, I'm I, I, I'm here to promote a movie up for kids. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Let's clean this up. Hey, when I when he said threesome, he meant bicycle built for three. That's right. Yeah. A ride to the park. Um, exactly. Let's talk about it because. Uh, <laughs> It's funny because I heard you were, when I first heard that you were doing uh, The Little Mermaid and I heard King Triton, I was thinking, okay, I'm trying to, and this is live action, this is not animated. And then I saw a picture of you as King Triton and it's, this this man is born to play <laughs> King Triton. You have, I mean, I've always thought you have a regal face. You uh -huh. really do. You look. Thank you, sir. Doesn't he, doesn't Absolutely. he, yeah. you have the face that I could see. Of course. You have to say yes. If he's yes. asked that question, you go, no. No, they often. That would be uh, great. No. No, no, no. It's my inclination to gainsay and neglect whatever he says. Yeah. He, actually, I can say, yeah. he actually does disagree with me oh, really? most of the time. Okay. Uh, okay. But um, uh, you have to see, you have to see photos of him. As You shouldn't even call it I'm up on your show. I'm shocked I haven't he, yet. He's, it's, you, you are so uh, regal. And, you, and I, I look at that photo and I think no one else could play King Triton in live action. I'm it's fantastic. So, I'm so happy that it happened. And also, I texted Rob Marshall, which I wanted yeah. to work with since many years ago. And I said, if there is such a thing as a King Triton with an accent, will you consider? <laughs> Look at that. Will you consider me to play it? And he said, I swear to God, I am uh, gross. I'm in the grocery shop talking to John about you, and I was going to call you in five minutes. Oh my God! Okay. That happened. I said, really? So I said that to my then seven-year-old girl, Luna is her name. I'm gonna be in The Little Mermaid, and she went, Are you gonna play Ariel? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. <laughs> I'm you start looking for your Anton Chigurh wig. <laughs> I could dye it red. Eduardo! <laughs> now I want to see you as Ariel, though. Oh, my God. He's, he's that good an actor. He I can know, do anything. I yeah. know. I know. But I said, no, I'm going to play the father. And she was crying. Oh, I'm so happy. So oh. I went, Rob, you know, you don't, you can't imagine how happy you made me and my daughter by this offer. So oh. it's, it's, and they are watching the movie. Uh, in Spain in the premiere and I can't wait for them to see it. They're going to be thrilled. My my child, Leo, is 12 now. Mm -hmm. When I start to, because we start to shoot this movie in January 2020, but oh, then wow. we have to stop because of the pandemic. He was 10 and and he was excited. Now he like, he pretends, no, that's for, that's for Luna. I'll bring only 45 friends <laughs> to the screening, but that's not my kind of movie. So yeah, right, right, right. But, Three years, three years ago, he was like, yeah. But no, he will, he will love it. 
That's why I do Dune as well for him. Oh. I do oh, yeah. Dune for him, I do Mermaid for her, and I get the paycheck for both. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good, too, because they have it's to go to college. It helps. <laughs> the, the Dune movies are so visually stunning. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, just... Uh, I was Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. And even though when I was first watching it, I, uh, the, the, the first Dune that came out a few years ago, I, was, I, was, I didn't understand every, the significance of every single moment, but as a whole, it was so beautiful and, and powerful. Yeah. The the I've never it, it just looks different. You know, we're we're flooded with so many intergalactic movies. Yeah. And then there's so much artistry Absolutely. In, in the Dune films. I think I think Denis really has created something y- unique in the sense that he really created the universe. I mean, yeah. everybody that works in those movies are at the top of their game. The wardrobe, the lining, the everything, the designs, everything. So the first one was amazing, but I think the second one—I haven't seen it, but I was there. <laughs> I think the second one is gonna be—is gonna be really something out of uh, proportion yeah. uh, in the sense that the sets that I saw, the sets that they, they built—it was—they were uh, huge, and they—they f- they were filled with so much art inside, and the lining and the, the wardrobe, everything is. It's really magical. I, I and I saw the trailer and I I, I called Denis like, man, what is this? I'm in it and I can't believe I'm in it because <laughs> yeah. it's one of those movies that you feel like an actor, oh, I wish I could be in one of those. Well, I'm in it. <laughs> so it's it's and he's adorable. He's a great have you, have you have you ever interviewed Denis Villeneuve? No. No, I have not. He's great. No. Yeah, he's he's great. rumored for the next Bond film. Yeah. Oh really? He will do it. For sure, amazingly well. With, for this for, for this movie, uh, how does it work? Are you are they using wires? Are you in a harness? How does it work when you're doing a live action Little Mermaid? I have no idea. It's all in the studio, and they they put us in these uh, uh, rigs and uh, call fork whatever. I don't know. Is is what they is 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 some some stuff that the Olymp- the Olympic athletes uh, use in order mm-hmm. to try to train to make. Uh, leaps on the air. Oh yeah, flips, flips like on the that. air. And what they do is they they put you in a harness, and there's a long arm, and then you can go vertical, you can go horizontal, you can go like this because they move it, uh, and it's and it takes like six to ten people around the the, the the thing, the machine. To move it around, so it's a choreography. You have to talk to the the director. Will say, "I want him here, and then there, and then here goes up, here goes down." And you have to do your fishy moves, <laughs> like with the shoulders, to make believe that you are a fish. And and uh, please tell me they call them fishy moves. <laughs> That's how I called it. I know. I, 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 it was perfect. I just wish that that was actually in the the dialect they used. Yes. And I don't know how they do it. I saw the movie and still don't believe how good it looks. You know what's interesting is the amount of trust Absolutely. you have to have. You know, we're having this moment here. You're there. I see you. We're a couple of inches apart, and this is it. And this is a situation where you're getting all this makeup, and then you're being put in the the fishy move four thousand machine <laughs> and, <laughs> and spun around. And it's total trust that Absolutely. someone's going to take care of this, and then it's going to look awesome. Absolutely. And and the only thing you have to, you can do you have to do is to try to to learn the lines, say the lines, and forget about the whole noise around you because it's huge 
and try to be honest and try to go back to the big to what it means to perform and be able to be relaxed in, within all of these things around you because I just said it's a big leap of faith and then with that somebody else will do something else and when I watch the movie again yes of course there's a lot of CGI but it's so beautifully done it's so realistically done and at the same time it has so much magic that I I don't I'm not pulled off by it I go like wow I believe that wow. they are under the water it's a, it's it's something else it's something else but i mean it's also it's been true since the wizard of oz you can have all that stuff but you look at the quality of the acting in the wizard mm. of oz and that's what makes you mm. sucks you in every time absolutely and that's hard and also do it over and over and over again so he's not as marlon brando said everybody's a performer because we all act in our lives in order to survive but the professionals have to repeat it constantly and that's true uh, and also do it on command <laughs> command and exactly. go you know and yeah go. action yes and then you have to you have exactly. to have that scene exactly. uh you know uh, anton Chigurh has to walk in to that <laughs> gas station and have that scene even though you're yeah. not ready you don't feel like but that's also just the training absolutely the years and years of training yeah the training and also the there's a moment where you have to let go and and I embrace the fear and say, okay, I, 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 I can't control anything anything anymore. And it's all about getting lost in what you're doing and and try to find meaning or sense in in the journey while you're doing it, rather than going with everything marked and knowing where you're heading and what's the goal. No, you just, you just go there. You work hard in order to understand the whole picture. Now you jump into the abyss and see if it makes sense. But again, it's movies. So somebody will make sense of it. If you don't if you didn't make the sense, somebody will make it happen. In theater is different, of course. Theater it's like, okay, you are so exposed that uh if if you get lost, then people will will notice. <laughs> right. You actually see them get up and start to walk out. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have the ability if it's if it's 3,000 people in a theater, and I, I will see the one person who gets up and walks out. And maybe it's just to use the bathroom, yeah, but it'll yeah. get in my head. Absolutely. It's like the, the one bad review of yeah. a movie that is going very well. So, yeah, but that guy didn't like what I did. Okay, it's, Do you read stuff about yourself? I used to read a lot. Now I'm 54. I, I, I don't care anymore. I think I, it's really healthy yeah. uh, to get to a point where you think, yes. I'm only on this earth for a while. Yeah. I'm going to make an honest effort. I, if someone likes it, great. If they don't, exactly. I can't. Uh, you know, the the line I keep coming back to is I. Uh, Jeff Daniels, I, I think, was doing some show, and um, and I think uh, critics, some of it, some liked it, but some had different opinions about it. And he said, you know, I can't help you guys. And I remember thinking that's so much how I feel at this point, which is, you know, at my age, after all these years, if you don't like what I'm doing, I respect that but I can't help you. Absolutely. And that's very liberating. And also it is, uh, yeah, it's giving yourself a credit that you own and that you earn by the time that you're work, working so hard in order to be where you are. I mean, it's, uh, but again, when somebody says something negative, it hurts. Yes, of course it, it does. It hurts. And, 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 and you know what? They sometimes think it doesn't hurt you because you're Javier Bardem or, you know, I'm a comedian who's been around for a long time. They think, well, that won't really get to them. No, it hurts as much as it did when yes. you were a kid yes. and someone made fun of you. It exactly. hurts exactly that much. Exactly. Good uh, point. If you're, if you're a real person and you're still here, 
it has to hurt just as much. Exactly. And if you get to the point where nothing like that hurts you, your work can't be any good. That's a, that's a good point. You made me think about the bullying. Yeah, the, the, the little kid being bullied by, by other people's opinions. And yeah. they can be cruel. And, and, and of course, I had all those things where you they were throwing at me many uh, bad adjectives that will hurt a lot in mm -hmm. Spain for whatever reason, either professionally or personally, because I was defending that cause or the other. And and then 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 is when I stopped reading it because like this is hurting me a lot. I need, I don't deserve this. And as you said, I'm trying to do my best. Yeah. But I will never be able to be liked by everyone. So give up that dream. And but uh, it's, it's a it's, it's a good point. Like uh, yeah, it's a good point. I don't know what you said, but it was a good point. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly yeah. Matt's job. Yeah. I don't know what you said, boss, uh, but it was the best. You bet. Um, Javier, you have a very busy schedule, and I just want to tell you, I'm going to wrap this up, but uh, it is uh, beyond a thrill Thank to you, see you friend. again, and you've always been so nice to me, and I am such a crazy fan uh, of your work and as uh, of you as a person. I'm Thank just, you, Conan. And uh, I, I hope someday when I'm rambling around, uh, I've, we've always thought, I always want to do these travel shows and I've always thought, and we've talked about it, someday I'll, I'll come to Spain and we'll figure out a way I don't care what I have to do. We'll work around your schedule where maybe I accidentally go through your kitchen and you're there <laughs> and, and maybe you beat the shit out of me or something. But I'll be there, my friend. I'll be there. <laughs> if, I get to, wait. if I get to hit you, I'll be there. Anyway, uh, Javier Bardem, this was my favorite podcast in quite a while. And you so uh, you're much. a great man. Thank you Thank so you, much. Conan. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Oh, yeah. Sona, where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day, huh? I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. <laughs> California, Sona. No matter where California. you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident, so are you. Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, if you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform. And one source of truth. This is unbelievable. I've been talking about this idea for years. I know. I want you to explain it more. I can. Okay. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required access from anywhere. I had this idea years ago. <laughs> I was telling people, no one listened to me. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems. Remember when I said that? Yeah. Because you've got one unified, unified business, business management, management suite. suite. You yes. said that. Yeah. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math, man. Yeah. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. 
Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Conan, netsuite.com slash Conan. I'm going to say it one more time just for emphasis, netsuite.com slash Conan. Well, by now you've done some work in New York. You've done some sessions and some recordings, mm-hmm. right. podcast in New York, and, including one that Adam and Sona and I want to talk to you about. Okay. This hasn't happened at the time of this recording, but we all feel a little, what would the word be, sad? Jealous. Jealous. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I honestly don't. The three of us have a massive crush on Matthew Reese, mm-hmm. and we just want you to send him our love. Yeah, I don't know if I can do that. <sighs> oh, come on. Yeah. That's, Why? Well, first of all, my my time is very valuable. And Matthew Reese is, uh, I mean, God, it's such a brilliant actor and raconteur. I just love that he's coming on the podcast. So to waste time saying, hey, before you get going, um, there are these people. <laughs> you don't have to do it before you get It can going. be after. Yeah. It can totally yeah. be after. The first time he was on, it was over Zoom. And mm-hmm. I think we all sort of fell head over heels. Yeah. And uh, none of yeah. us are going to be able to meet him in person this yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here's how it's going to go. <laughs> My plan is that if Matthew Reese ends up being on this podcast a total of six times, yeah, none of you will ever meet him. Come on. Do you purposely plan really cool? I mean, we've had yes, a do. lot of really cool guests, yeah. but well, sometimes you are... really get someone you know we're going to love and then you do it somewhere else. And we can't be there. You did this with Oliphant the second time you, you had did. him on in yeah. New York. Yeah, he was on New York because Oliphant and I, it's a it's a special time when we're together. I was cool with the way that one worked out. Yeah, because you were there. You, you were there gun. too. I got to spend a lot of time with him. Oh, yeah. congrats. Another you got to do a whole segment with him. <laughs> huge, so great. Another you know, huge Now, wait a minute. To be fair, when I interviewed Tommy Lasorda, you guys were here. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, so you got him. You weren't even here for that. <laughs> No, I mean, whenever there's uh, an older baseball manager, I always make sure that you guys get to meet. I just think him. we're a team. Yeah. And sometimes you go rogue and I get it. It's your podcast and stuff, but still. No, no, like, no, I don't think... be silly. Oh. It's our podcast. I just happen to be the star. <laughs> Does that, did that come out right? No, it's, um, I, I don't know. Did it? I guess. I just want to meet Matthew Reese. So do I. And yeah, you're getting in the way. You're, you're. You're cock blocking all of us. You're pod blocking us. (laughs) I'll tell you what I'll do. If you guys can write me a little message or something to him. We could record a little message for him right now. I prefer you write a message and then just trust that I'll give it to him. (laughs) What do you mean? You won't though. You'll lose it. What would you say to Matthew Reese that is so important? Dear Matthew. Oh, I didn't realize this was a... Let's go around the table. A school, a school essay, a fifth yeah. grade essay. Yeah. Hi, my name is Sonam Obsessian. You don't know me, but I watched you in The Americans and I love you. What's it like to be married to Carrie Russell? I love her curls. You're a lucky guy. She's a lucky girl. I hope we're friends one day. Love, Sonam Obsessian. Okay. Um, if that was your intention, if that's what you were going to say to him. I'm really happy that you're not going to New York. <laughs> okay, wait. Adam's you can't say got... shit like that to me. Yes, Reese. I can. Yes, I can. Yeah. Compliment his wife, who I loved, who's a curly hair icon. Yeah, I can. Right. Oh. Yeah. They both are. I would okay. start with Americans, but then I would I would really lean into his last appearance on the podcast and how he just blew us away with his humor, which 
you know, you don't always get to see because he's such a great actor and does a lot of serious roles. But he has such a good personality, so charming. Mm. Was actually really, I remember him being so nice to us. I think when we were getting him like all set up with yeah. his uh, Zoom, he was just, we. I think we all just kind of became best friends with him in that moment, but yeah. haven't yeah. spoken to him since. And so we love <laughs> to. Uh, I think this is all unprofessional and, and borderline creepy. Well, you haven't even heard mine yet. Oh, I'm sure this will right the boat. <laughs> Off you go, freaky. Hey, Matt. What's it like having the same name? <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? You're from Wales and I'm from Whittier. Two W places. Uh, I really loved Perry Mason. I love you love you a lot, too. If you want to just hang out, hit up my man, Conzy. He's got my deets. And miss you. Thank you. Miss Bye. You. <laughs> um, who has control over what happens? Eduardo, you have these tapes now, do you not? Uh, I know where they are. Yeah. Tapes? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, digital <laughs> recordings. Uh, recordings. Okay. Okay. I don't know. How do you, what do you refer to them as now? Recordings. You have these wax cylinders. Yes. Make sure that they're in my possession. You got it. What okay. are you going to do with them? I'm going to hand deliver them to Matthew Reese. That's what I'm going to do. And you're going to trust that I he did it. He could just email it to like his rep. Yeah. He yeah. could just email him to his no. rep right now. Yeah. We no, could no, no. do it right after yeah. this podcast. Nope, that's not the way I like to do it. I like to give the personal touch. I'm going to write a little handwritten note with it. And then you guys are just going to trust that I gave these to Matthew Reese. Do you think you purposely keep us away because you're embarrassed of us a little bit? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say that's 80% true. What's the other 20%? That I get more focus on me. Oh. So it's embarrassment uh, that you guys will screw it up. And then there's 20% of it is me just wanting more time with Matthew Reese. Oh, get it. So One idea I had was just yeah. hear me out. We could talk to Paula about rescheduling. <gasps> Maybe oh. for when we can all be there with oh. Matthew Reese. Oh, that's, let me just check my schedule and see if that works. Oh. Those are no, it not, can't. That's not your schedule. No, 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 no. I'm entering Thanks. the priesthood shortly after we. Sh so, um, oh, and then I'm uh, in the circus. Yeah, it doesn't work out. Oh, and then I'm working for that Zeppelin company. Uh, for those reasons, um, just relax. Why don't you do this? Just trust that I form a, a strong enough connection with Matthew Reese that he wants to come back. And on the third go round, you guys will get to be behind glass when I interview him. <laughs> oh, you could fly us out too, just for that day. No, no. This uh, podcast is hemorrhaging money uh, because yeah. of a certain Matt Gorley's spending habits yeah. that he charges. When he buys stuff now, kooky stuff at the Rose Bowl swap meet, he charges it to the <laughs> podcast. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He bought a 1938 Zamboni. Yeah. Oh. Just, yeah, it's a hipster thing. I and now have 36 through 48 all year Zambonis. Yeah. <laughs> True story. My wife uh, is uh, her step grandma was a Zamboni. She was the heir to the Zamboni fortune. So just. Is that. Is that's that true. true? That's true. Is Wait she, a minute. Is, is that really Mrs. true? Zamboni? I just yeah. threw out Zamboni from my random, the random part of my brain. Yeah. What? That's a real, Amanda's that's a family name? Grandma? It's her step grandma's maiden name and she was a wealthy heiress of the zamboni family i don't know what That's else to cool. say does that ha matthew you listen is that pretty cool well more proof that you should get a lot of talking time with matthew reese <laughs> <laughs> loved you love perry mason yeah that's great uh no guys just let me handle let me handle the heavy hitters all right you guys are all fun when we book someone on the podcast who was third lead in a movie that didn't really go I, I'm very comfortable with you being here. But when it's these heavy hitters, 
I, I think mm. I need to uh, handle it myself. You understand? I, I feel like they notice our absence, though. Yeah. I feel like he, he I feel like. The way you notice the absence of pain. Yes. I feel like he's going to be like, hey, we're Matt and Sona mm -hmm. and Adam. Yeah. And then I'm going to mm -hmm, be yeah. like, mm -hmm. you know, and then you have to like have that awkward conversation. What if he listens to this podcast? He's a fan. What if he listens to this podcast? Could be. A lot Come of guests on. listen to the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Please. So. Yeah. Some do. Yes, some do. Tommy a Lasorda. lot of people do. This is a Tommy very, Florida, yeah. very uh, successful podcast. Uh, but no, Matthew Reese, I assure you, he's a classically trained Welsh actor. He's a man. He's a good looking guy. Yeah. Charming. Yeah, charming. Yeah, he is. so charming. Yeah. I can't wait to see him. <sighs> Are you going to? You're going to what? What if you guys become friends? Yes. What's wrong with that? A lot, a lot. I, uh, if, if anyone out of the four of us is going to be friends with Matthew Reese, I don't think it should be you. Yeah. What are you, you talking about? You don't appreciate about? it like we do. I just don't think that, I don't know. I don't think you can hang with him and Carrie. Mm -mm. I keep bringing what up What are you going to do with Matthew Reese? Are you going to take him to the Altadena 7-Eleven and buy him a Slim Jim? I'm sorry. And don't even get me started on you. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. This I happen to know he restores old <laughs> sailboats. So you think that's not up my alley, that kind of thing? He and I will get along. We'll be fast friends. We'll are, be... You work on small toy sailboats. He works on real sailboats that a man can get into. Anything you do. Oh, that is not true. I am quite the seaman. Yeah. I am, I have been at sea many a time. I uh, have sailed off the coast of Boston, Rhode Island, uh, Cape Cod, I've uh, sailed off the rough seas of Block Island. Uh, my face is weathered by the salty spray and old Neptune's ire. <laughs> anyway, none of you were ever meeting Matthew Reese. That's the end of this segment. We'll see. Okay. Never gonna happen. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sona Movsesian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Meet the next generation of podcast stars with SiriusXM's Listen Next program, presented by State Farm. As part of their mission to help voices be heard, State Farm teamed up with SiriusXM to uplift diverse and emerging creators. Tune in to Stars and Stars with Issa as host Issa Nakazawa dives into birth charts of her celeb guests. This is just the start of a new wave of podcasting. 
Visit statefarm.com to find out how we can help prepare for your future. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.